it's happy rainbow fun time back and better than ever we are loud and proud webtoon lovers and we don't care who knows it hello hi welcome back it's katie and elizabeth and this is happy rainbow fun time where we talk about our lives and host a segment called webcomic corner i don't know about you but i mean we always have some sort of tech issue but god truly every single episode so my tech issue today um was like you weren't even here for it like it, it was when we we're trying to like switch around the zoom axis and stuff but my Roomba turned on and I don't have like control of it like I don't have the app that like allows me to turn it off so I called Max and I was like yo bitch turn the, the Roomba off and he was like okay I'll see what I can do and text me like a second later I was like I can't do it just like stick it in the fridge or something because I would I like I don't know I like picked it up and it just beeped at me and I was like this motherfucker like not Max the Roomba I was so (laughs) mad at the Roomba like why was it so bad and so what I did is I unscrewed where the battery is and just detached the battery (laughs) you gave it a lobotomy that's so funny that it was an external tech issue it wasn't even zoom or you know google docs or your webtoons <laughs> crashing it was literally an external robot device trying yeah. to sabotage the pod <laughs> robots are taking over and the roomba like is not it's not really it's a knockoff roomba that we got for like five dollars at a yard sale and yeah it was just it's fine um We're here now yeah I was logged into my friend's account and then I was like, I don't really want that. I want this on my account. So I just, while you were figuring out your thing, I logged off and logged back on right quick. Yeah. Well, I was cracking up because I was like, who the fuck is Brian? Car guy. <laughs> oh shit. We've given him a name. Yeah. Oh, crap. Been exposed. No, <gasps> he likes the attention. So don't even freaking worry about it. But he will have oh. us car guy. Okay. No, not in that kind of way. It's like, you know how I'm dramatic and I like attention? It's yeah. Just, it's good energy, and we joke about it a lot. But, yeah. So, he's been exposed. Exposed! Utter exposure. Hmm. So, I'm reading the notes ahead, um, and... Oh, you... allergic to everything what was the i'm i'm watching elizabeth like short circuit while trying to read the notes but these are notes from like a previous podcast but yeah we can talk about my allergic reaction from last week i don't know like what part of my makeup i had an allergic reaction to i'll i'll send you photos i'm not gonna get photos to like our audience Top tier Patreon subscribers, $50 a month and you can have Katie's allergies. <laughs> we'll sell our souls. Just kidding. Um, but they're like puffy red, like my eyelids. Like when I woke up Monday morning, it took two days to have the reaction. And I woke up Monday morning, it was like sore and I couldn't really open my eyes very well. And so I was like, I work remotely, like I can suck it up and work. 
And then I took a Benadryl and was like, I cannot work. And I just slept for like yeah. five hours. Um, Benadryl t- is so effective. Like 30 minutes, boom, I'm dead. I'm like, I'm out, out. Oh my God. It was so funny. Cause I had two morning meetings that I wanted to go to. And I was in the first one and I was like, I'm fine. I'm fine. And I just said like, Hey, I'm probably going to log off a little early. having like a little electric reaction. It's fine. Um, cause it's not like my throat closes up or anything. Like I can still do things. It's just kind of painful and uncomfortable. Um, and then the Benadryl started to really kick in like halfway through my other meeting. And I was supposed to like talk about stuff. <laughs> and I was just like, they were like, Katie, do you want to cover this thing? And I was like, no. <laughs> I was like, Wish I could have been in that meeting. <laughs> just, I <unmuted> myself. <laughs> it was just like, uh, no, uh, 3 p.m. Friday, Katie was like, let's talk about this. 9 a.m. Benadryl, Katie does not want to talk about this. I'm going to just like excuse myself. <laughs> um. And then I logged off. I missed like a ton of stuff. It, like I missed a training. I missed some internal meetings. And I was just like, no, I'm not going to these meetings. You're, you're so consistent though. So I feel like this anomaly just like brushed under the yeah. rug never happens. You're always there. And they're honestly, arguably, from what I know, only what you tell me a lot, <laughs> like more than you need to be sometimes. Yeah. Well, and I am. Um... I've had, I had a reaction to some sunscreen in December. So I have logged off for like an allergy thing, um, before. So they like, know I have skin problems, but I'm just like literally makeup that I've used for years. And now my face was like, absolutely not. I was like, cool. Wait, if you remember how many years ago was it like college? no um I've been using this particular type probably like two years maybe three so like post-college um and so I just I actually just like threw everything away and I was like this can go in the garbage I'm gonna start over um have a have a handful of an of events coming up where like makeup would be recommended and I'm just going to be like no um I mean I will I will wear makeup for like the weddings that I'm going to be in and that's pretty much it (laughs) is that someone someone doing your makeup or do you have to come with I think somebody will be doing my makeup and I'll be able to say yeah like if I'm I'm literally being somebody's bridesmaid so I'm like I will do this so that I like look good in all your photos like I want to look good in the photos like let's do it but um any other (laughs) life event I will not be wearing makeup I'm there with you the only makeup I wear at this point is I have this fucking dope ass annoying ass glitter eyeshadow (laughs) I love that (laughs) that I wear thank you I wear it to work I don't wear anything else I'll just wear the sparkly eyeshadow and it's like silver to dark blue it's really pretty um and I always people always talk about it because I just put I smear it all over my whole eyelid and it's very out there and then it'll like spread as the night goes on to my forehead and my cheeks and my whatever I see it in my hair sometimes um 
but it's always a topic of conversation and it's so easy, you know, because I'm not, I mean, we have regulars, but I don't see the same people every day other than my coworkers. Um, so it's always fun to have guests who come in, you know, the first time and they're like, oh my God, your eyeshadow. And I'm like, oh, thanks. My ego's always like, thanks, thanks, thanks. Um, but I call it my like armor because it's just like a nice little extra oomph uh, to put myself in the mode to like sell people expensive fish. But yeah, yeah. But no makeup gang. I just, every once in a while when I go out, if I'm feeling myself extra, I'll put on mascara and then an eyeshadow, but it's like a creamy metallic eyeshadow and that's it. Like that's all she does. I don't do concealer. I don't do foundation. I don't contour. Uh, I don't even really fill in my eyebrows unless I'm trying to do like a very specific look because they can get pretty intense. Now that I, you know, have a shaved head that's blonde, uh, I might try more makeup-y things, but odds are probably not. Just really cutting down my whole routine by like a lot. <laughs> I wash my face in the morning and at night I put on lotion and then sometimes I put on like a little serum if I get a little, um... little like breakout areas but yeah my routine is like my routine has grown in the sense of like before I did almost nothing it was like splash of water and like bar soap in the shower and now I'm like okay Katie you're an adult maybe we could like have a face wash and like put on lotion crazy idea so I want to build out my routine I just don't want to invest the time and researching products and I know there's a ton of YouTubers out there who do that stuff um and I have some friends who are interested in that so I'll probably pick their brains but when everyone else was at home on YouTube watching how to put on makeup I was out living my life and doing other things oh. so I did not where where did you think I was gonna go with that <laughs> I, I was like a face I was the old face I was like, I was watching anime. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, there were the girlies that stayed home, and that's how they spent their introvert free time was like learning makeup, and they looked amazing. Yeah. I mean, one of my childhood friends did that, and then like did my makeup for every single dance that I ever went to. Bless her heart. Uh, though she went to almost none of them, if any of them. Uh, she was always down to do my hair and makeup, which was lovely. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I used to be into hair and makeup when I did theater, like really consistently, but I did stage makeup, which is very different. Very than, like, different. Your, like being six feet away from me is very different from six inches, you know? <laughs> like Yeah, absolutely. I, look, I look orange when you see me, but I look normal on stage and like everything's exaggerated, but I look amazing six feet away, you know? Like <laughs> Yeah, that's a completely like different style of makeup. I am stupid good with facial recognition. I cannot remember anybody's name, but I went and saw, um, oh God, what's the like Frankie Valley show? Um, Frankie Valley and the Four Seasons? No. Oh, the musical? The musical. Oh, um, I know. Which I can't remember what it's called, but I got a student ticket to go see it and it was pretty much like, whatever seats were available, they gave them to you for like $25 or whatever. What is it Jersey called? Boys. Jersey boys. Yeah. Um, and Wait, when did you see that? In California? 
yeah in california it was like i don't remember what year but i went and saw jersey boys because my mom ushers for the performing arts center so she was already going to be there i go buy this ticket and i look at the ticket i'm like man this seems like a good ticket i was like fourth row center which is close enough where you can see everything but not so close that you have to tilt your head back it was like actually the best seat in the house i was gonna say i was just about i was like the next thing i want to talk about is how you know if you're too close to performances it's not good i'd rather be further away than too close like for charlie xcx concert i was not in general admission on the floor i was in a balcony seat at the moody theater where they record acl live and i could see everything from like it wasn't fully top down, but pretty top down, like almost three quarters, um, which I appreciated because I could see the whole like set and all of their choreography, but like how they traveled across the floor and their like patterns and also the light, the lighting, which I'm sure I talked about already um, that I liked it a lot. But yeah, I got opinions about that and movies. I mean, you can lean back in the chair and not have a crick in your neck, but then you don't really get to take in the whole right yeah so these seats were perfect it was like the gist of it and i could see everything and leave i'm like wow that was such a good show the next day or like two days later this couple walks into the store where my mom worked and i happened to be there for lunch and as they're leaving i go mom they were in jersey boys and she was like, what? No way. And I was like, I swear for God. And I start like listing off the characters that they played because they played multiple characters throughout yeah. the play. And I shit you not, my mom runs out of the store and chases after them and was like, wait, were you guys in Jersey Boys? And they like freaked out. They were like, because they were one of those little, not side characters, but yeah. like multi-character people. Well, and the woman, the woman wore three different wigs and she was like, no one ever recognizes me. I wear three (laughs) different wigs throughout the play. And yeah, snaps for me because I'm just like weird, good at like recognizing faces. Um, And I recognize them without their stage makeup on. So it was like extra points because it was like, she, she's like, I'm almost unrecognizable without my with my when you take off the makeup and you change the wigs and um one of the reasons why we really noticed them was because they were in the playbill as she had already changed her name to his last name and was like recently married touring with husband and his bio was like about to get married touring with fiance and he just like didn't update his bio and we were like okay so this is the couple right That's hilarious. And she met, and my mom was like, yeah, we noticed that there was like a married couple and she, the woman rolls her eyes and she was like, well, somebody messed up their bio. (laughs) (laughs) This whole thing. So, I mean, stage makeup is amazing, but you might get a Katie who's just like, that one, that one is in the play. I recognize you. You should be like a professional, like police lineup person. Oh man, it'd be so good. I think I'd be like pretty decent at like IDing somebody. <laughs> like that would be like that experience doing uh, like catching the this couple on the street would be like my witness validation of being like okay, I was able to do this. I can I can ID this guy. 
I can ID your perp. Because, I'm uh, this really one time confident. in California. <laughs> this is one time in California. I saw Jersey Boys, and I recognized this one actress, even though she wore three different wigs. So. <laughs> pretty strong person you want on your teeth. Pretty sure. I am um, great at this. So tell me about your comic because is it a web comic it's not so it's not a web comic so i wasn't i wasn't gonna put it in web comic corner so i was like do you want to talk about it before web comic corner or after web comic corner do you does this mean you also have a web comic that you i do not i do not want to talk about a web we, comic as well okay we can also just we make the rules so we can have an allowance for a non-web comic comic. We can have a guest comic. Okay, okay, okay. Comic. We're okay, inclusive. okay. We're comic We're inclusive. inclusive here. We're, we're yeah. inclusive. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. So how about this? We start web comic corner, you do your actual web comic, and then I'll go into my printed comics. Does that sound like a plan? Sounds like a plan. So next up is web comic corner. Perfect. Comic Corner, Web Comic Corner, the part where we talk about comics. So my web comic this week, I'm surprised I haven't talked about sooner. I had to double check with Katie to make sure I hadn't. Um, but it is, whew, it's good. It's, I don't want to say corny because I'm trying not to be so hard on myself for the kind of media that I like because everyone's already going to be hard on me because I'm a fucking weeb and I like webcomics. It's so interesting talking to people when it comes out that, you know, I have a podcast, I record with my best friend and like, we, and they're like, what do you talk about? And I'm like, webcomics and I'm like, what are that? And I'm like, literally the name says it all. It's a comic on the web. I don't say it like that, but in my head, I'm like, all right, someone's not paying attention. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so this webcomic is called To You Who Swallowed a Star. It's by Ari, in all caps, A-R-I, um, and it's a romance. Surprise, surprise. It updates every Monday. And it is a surprise. Actually, pin this. That is kind of a surprise for you. You don't always do romance. So, <laughs> way to expose me. I have so many romance comics. I just don't talk about them. <laughs> wow. Okay, you, like, drag me fairly regularly. Like, Sorry. oh, yeah, <laughs> the pretty people, period piece romance with a oh. flash of fantasy. <laughs> type of romance that you stick with frequently. Yeah. Mine are, like, really weird ones. Like, like Devil Number 4 is a weird romance. Yeah, it is. It is weird. Okay, to you who swallowed a star isn't, weird per se but it's definitely not something that you would be like elizabeth would like this i mean okay. one of the characters becomes a k-pop star so that's the only like connection where you'd be like she'd probably like this but then it's like i'm not in the k-pop scene anymore even though it still holds a near and dear place in my heart um anyway all that to okay. say to you who swallow the stars <laughs> summary is as follows when Ju Seo moves out of her childhood friend's mansion and into a small one-bedroom apartment, she thinks her world is ending. That is, until she meets Hajun and Hyul, the neglected children who live downstairs. When a scouting offer comes in for Hajun to join an idol survival program, Ju encourages him to audition, completely unaware of how it will change the trajectory of her and everyone else's lives forever. 
it's a lot going on a lot to unpack in that summary um so this comic has 64 episodes it started in march of 2021 um so it's just over a year old and so much has happened so jew is uh i believe her parents are dead she has a grandmother who's very rich but i don't believe her grandmother gives her any money um she moved out of her child yeah she moved out (laughs) of her childhood best friend's home who's also very rich um and he has been in love with her since the beginning um so there's a whole arc there i don't really want to give a lot of spoilers away it's not that uh it's not that how do i want to word this if i talked about the comic up until what has transpired nothing would necessarily be surprising for readers especially given the summary but i like the way that the author chose to set up everything um there's a lot of well i say a lot of there's several time skips into the future um so you see these two neglected kids you know in the apartment downstairs and then time hops to when they're a little older and then it finally time hops till they're all adults um there is a romance plot uh the boy child had has a fat crush on Jew um, and they're you know years apart and so when he's a kid and she's like a teen that's really weird you know it's not weird that he has an innocent crush on this you know girl who you know hangs out with him and his sister during like arguably the worst period of his life um, but there were some fans in the comments as I was reading who are just like in two camps essentially one was oh my god this is so cute like ship 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 and it's like he's literally 12 calm the fuck down um and of course the other camp that was like yikes 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 he's literally 12 um but then of course the middle ground people who are like let's wait until the author like gives us a little bit more because she's probably not endorsing um pedophilia yeah well here we are yeah well Uh, the the thing with an age gap it's like a five-year age gap isn't that much when you're both over 21 mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so if she's if she's like 17 and he's 12 yeah that's problematic when she's 17 and he's 12 but when he's 21 and she's 26 27 like that's not the craziest time jump also are they just being um sexist as well because in men can be older than women and it's like not a huge deal if they're 21 versus 27 so yeah um, circle back to that episode katie did on age matters yeah Um, (laughs) yeah that's the one that i like to think about um so no i think the author really set up this whole age thing um and did the time skip so that readers would have the context right which is that um Hajin gets scouted for an idol survival program. He chooses to go forward with it and the trajectory of his life changes forever, just like the summary said. At this point, 64 episodes in, we're just like, I think episode 60 maybe was when we time hopped to uh, 
Hajin being a successful idol. He and Ju haven't talked for like five years. Um, she stopped talking to him to like help, like essentially have him focus on his career and not for rumors because rumors about you as a K-pop star are the death to your career, especially if they're romantic uh, because fans are crazy um, and the industry is crazy and toxic. That's all I'll say about it. We've definitely talked about K-pop industry, I think, a little bit and how terrible it is. Um, and we've talked about, probably in the context of K-dramas, just like what societal expectations are and whatnot, very briefly. Um, yeah. So all of that context uh, you have, the, the author gives to you. Um, so now I feel like we're starting the main arc, which is Hajun and Ju reuniting and like kind of repairing their relationship because she is like, why are you upset? Like we're reunited. Like I'm so happy you're successful. He's like, you literally didn't talk to me for five years. Um, and luckily everyone in the comments uh, was pretty sympathetic. They were like, yeah, I mean, we all understand why she did what she did. She wanted him to be successful and to get out of the like poverty and neglect that he had. You know, he worked so hard for this position. I didn't want to fuck it up by people assuming that we were romantically together um, because she basically breaks his heart and is like, I don't have feelings for you. You need to get over me. Like, focus on your career. Bye. She has her own career that she's been trying to work on since she was in high school. She wants to be a fashion designer. Um, so that's a really cool arc. She has, so, sorry, side note, the clothes in this fucking webcomic are to die for. Ari <laughs> is so a uh, finger on the pulse with like what super like k-pop boy band idol vibes so you see a lot of that and then also Ju is also like pursuing a fa fashion design career like i said um so her outfits are very uh trendy as well and more like south korean trends like uh not western trends so i really like seeing that because there's a lot more I don't want to say individuality because that's being lazy, I think, but I just like the way that clothes are styled in South Korea in these comics right now. Um, yeah, it's like, yeah, I have opinions about it. But anyway, yeah. um, the drawing style is super pleasing. Um, it's very, everyone's super pretty um as per yes, usual of course yeah i really like when they're drawn pretty um and there are some tropes i feel like that are common in romance plots that ari doesn't necessarily flip on their head but like suburbs for sure like um Ju's childhood best friend is not who she ends up with he's uh he's really like, he wants to be with her. He wants to um, basically just kind of control her. He's, like, falling in love with the idea of her and, like, wants her to be with him forever. Um, so that's interesting for her to navigate because she is, like, likes him a lot because they've been best friends since childhood. But she, you know, something feels wrong when they hang out. She's like, I don't know why it feels weird. And it's like, because uh, he's being, you know, kind of shitty to you, girlfriend. Uh, but she does have a girl, there's like an enemies to like besties arc, which isn't always present um, frequently that I really like. And so her bestie also wants to do fashion. Um, so that's really nice to see girl friendships that are super strong and her girlfriend helps uh, her 
navigate this like toxic relationship with her best friend and also helps her navigate the relationship with Hajin when he like has feelings for her um, because Chu is basically like no he doesn't no he doesn't no he doesn't like I'm just you know friend protector mentor and Chu's or uh, Bomi her friend is essentially like hey girlfriend like no he's like childhood head over heels for you and they like comes to a head where he's like uh a teenager and he's like having this confrontation with her ex-boyfriend and they're both like chew but it's like she's like neither of you it's interesting it's cool the way that the author has uh, written these romance plots or romance arcs tropes whatever um and i like it so far and the where we left off two days ago last monday is that uh, she and Hajin, Ju and Hajin, are on the path to reconciliation, it seems. So Hayul and Ju were super close, like big sister, little sister vibes. Ju would keep in contact with Hayul and like email her every once in a while. And Hajin was over there basically like, what the fuck? Like he had a whole monologue that was like, I didn't know what you were doing. I was hoping you were doing well. I hope you went to fashion school. Because she wanted to go to fashion school in the U.S., uh, away from Korea so she was even out of the country but he she kept in touch with the little sister and he like was kind of butthurt about that and then he like didn't hear from her and he was like I don't know if you're alive I don't know if you're sick I don't know if you're dying I don't know if you're okay which like five years is a long ass time like I think that she needs to understand that while what she did was what she thought was best at the time ultimately not the strat my guy like she just cut him off you know but didn't explain it to him. And yeah, he was a teenager, but I don't think that she should have not told him why she was doing it. Um, but she confronted him in this last episode and asked him if he still had feelings for her, which I think is kind of shitty because whether or not he had feelings, they were friends and did have a relationship outside of those feelings. So as a fan, I am so curious and I wanted to know if he still had feelings five years later. Do you know what I mean? Because everyone from the beginning was like, oh my God, it's going to be so cute. They're going to like, when are they going to end up together? And I'm like, literally he's 12. Can we calm the fuck down? Like maybe this is not where the story is going. Um, and maybe it's still not where it's going, but I'm hooked clearly. Uh, and I apologize for the romance slander. I do think that this plot is a little more unique than a period romance. Uh, but sometimes my period romance has time travel, zombies, <laughs> demons, That's magic true. swords. Like <laughs> <laughs> we're just really reaffirming how dorky and nerdy we really are. Yeah, I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry that my nerd is weirder than your nerd. It's <laughs> like, not what? weirder, it's just uh, different. It's funny. Um, you can categorize it, that's all. Um, so, all right, Elizabeth, I'm going to put Elizabeth on romance probation. And the next few episodes, I'm going to do romance comics. Good, 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 um, good. Um, <laughs> I think it's interesting that the suggested like you may also like related to this comic are Unholy Blood and Secret Playlist. Um, those are two quality um, romance They are. And comics. also a uh, little out there. Like Secret Playlist is a pretty unique plot. Like she's a secret yeah. YouTuber. This K-pop star, that's probably the link. The K-pop star finds her, falls in love, right? Uh, the 
unholy blood is vampires and like hot vampires and like vampire takeover but she like hates being a vampire um and is trying to save everyone from her people so that's a little subversive plot so i think it's probably popularity there's 19.9 million views only 476,000 uh subscribes which i don't understand and it only has a 9.51 rating but only has a 9.5 out of 10 (laughs) i know but (laughs) I don't know. I feel like I read a lot of 9.7, 9.8. <laughs> I, uh, I really, what? We read quality comics. Yeah. We only read like high quality comics. My, um, I really need to look into like what actually goes into the rating system. Cause I have no idea. Like, I feel like I need to do some more like webtoons actual research rather than just reading comics, but yeah. We can plan for a big webtoons reveal. How does it work? How does it work? We are not involved in the community in that way. Okay, so um, we want to move on to, to my comic? Or yeah, do you have other things to say? Yeah. So, comic book corner? No? Comic, comic book, book corner. The other corner. I like the idea that the other corner is just like, the other white meat or whatever that saying is when talk people are talking about like what is it pork is it pork i don't know i think so because chicken is popular pork is the other white meat yeah okay like, i campaigned to like bring back awareness that pork was an option for you to eat yeah I'm like okay let's just like eat pigs i guess speaking of the other white meat um i'm in my bedroom right now and the dog really loves hanging out in the closet and um i can't i don't know if the mic is gonna pick it up i don't think it will but he's making just like little squeak noises because he's like really really asleep and so i was like man it's like long distance travel of that sound it was like as he's like running and i'm assuming he's running i can't see him but i'm like confident he's running in his sleep um so we are going to talk about the hard, it's not hardcover, they're softcover, but like in your hands comic books that I read. Um, I devoured these. I cannot hear you. <laughs> oh no. Poor sad Elizabeth is having mic problems, but I'm going to just keep talking about uh, my comic until she figures it out. Um, The books are called The Umbrella Academy. I might stop recording and let you Oh, there you are. I don't want to interrupt you, but I was like, it should be working. Okay. Okay. She's back. The Umbrella um, Academy. The Umbrella Academy. Um, I devoured these. Um, I have watched the Netflix series. This is one of the reasons why I wanted to talk about it is because it has been adapted into a series. Um, but funny story. What? Season three premieres Season- June twenty second. Yes, that is another wow. reason why I wanted to talk about it because it comes out very soon. So origin story of how I ended up with these comics. I was in Huntington for um, a friend's bridal shower. We went out in Huntington Beach, um, and we met up with one of her friends who lives in Huntington Beach. She was having a like 
Coachella party. So it was like Coachella, but indoors because they were streaming it. Whatever. Doesn't matter. Oh, that's kind of cute, actually. Yeah, super cute. So we were at his place. I was tired. I had used the restroom that was connected to his bedroom. And he was just kind of like chilling by his computer. I think he was taking a break from like the people. And I was like, can I also take a break from the people? And he was like, yeah, for sure. And I look and he has just like two shelves of comic books. And I was like, dude, tell me more. He had like all kinds of comics. Um, So we start talking comics. And he mentioned that Umbrella Academy was one of the favorites that he had read recently. And I was like, oh, I've seen the show. I've been needing to read the comics. Like, how are they? And he was like, they're great. And then he hands me a stack of three volumes and is like, you can read them. And I'm like, cool. So I take them. And then I get a text message from him and it's like, hey, did you take my comics? And I was like, oh, I thought you were lending them to me. Like, I will bring them back. And he was like, yes, okay, perfect. Um, And then starts like sassing me in a group message that like I stole his comics and it was like this whole thing. And I was like, ah, this man loves to pick on me, but he chose to. So I took the train home. I read the first volume on the train. I get on the bus to go to um, Earth Day where Max is, we're gonna meet up at Earth Day. Um, the bus schedule is changed. So I have to get off the bus because the, the bus that I'm on that typically goes to my destination is not running that way. I have to get off the bus and take a different one to be able to get to my destination. I get off the bus, I get on a different bus. Then I get off the bus and I get on, I'm about to get on a different bus when I realize I don't have the comic books. because I didn't put them in my bag because they're in like perfect condition. I didn't want to like bend the corners by sticking them in my like overstuffed backpack. So I left these three volumes on a bus and then had to go. I Luckily I was at one of the transit centers. So I went up to, I actually went up to the bus route. One of the bus routes, like bus comes by, it's the same route. And I was like, Hey, have you seen three books? And they're like, no, but there are three other buses doing this route. So it could be somebody else. Go talk to the guy in the red shirt. So I go over, I talk to the guy in the red shirt and I'm like, okay, here's the deal. I was on this bus route. I got on here. This is what the lady looked like. I don't remember the bus number. Is there any way to call them to see if they have these comic books? He gets back to me and he's like, so she does have your comic books. She'll be here in an hour. So I stood in this transit center for an hour waiting for this bus to come to bring me these comic books. Granted, it would have cost, I think, like $40 to replace them. So like if I had needed to, I could have just bought them. But I was like, I didn't know if he had like stuff in them or had written in the back. I don't know. I was just like, I need to get these. So it, and I was just like, I will never hear the, also, I was like, I will never hear the end of it if I lose his comics and have to buy him new ones. Like, even if I buy him new ones, I'm still going to get crap for it forever. So I waited an hour. I got the comics. I stuck them in my backpack. That corners are a little bent now, but you know what? That is still better than them just being somewhere 
on the San Diego transit. Yeah. So I then read the second volume on Monday and then the fourth, third volume I broke up between um, Thursday and Friday. But into the plot. Actually, do you have a question? so the uh, like train ride from where i started to where i ended i think is like two hours so it's about like two hours per like full book and there's six to seven comics per book um and that was also me reading because it's in a compendium it has a forward that's like pretty hefty it's like a full page like nine foot point font <laughs> fucking forward um and then there there is at least for the first volume is kind of interesting they show they have an afterward by um I don't, I don't know who did the, oh, for um, the first book, Grant Morrison, who is like known for his back, Batman comics, he did the killing joke. Um, he did the forward and afterward, which again is like a full page, like <laughs> a single space nine uh, point font. And then there is notes on the pitch. So there's actual like drawings that were originally used in the comic pitch um so and notes on how that was all that all happened and like the design process so there's probably like 10 extra pages of material Yeah. Um, so the forward, the forwards and afterwards are mostly just kind of like talking about how great the comic is um, and like what drives um, people to want to read it and what makes the like what makes the story so good. So it's not necessarily like OMG Gerard Way, but there it there is bits of that. So for reference. Um, it is written by Gerard Way of My Chemical Romance. So like think Black Parade. And then the artist is named Gabriel Ba. He is um, based out of Brazil. Um, he's a Brazilian artist. Um, this was his, I think this was his first like major print co comic that he illustrated. 
Um, and then coloring and lettering is done by Dave Stewart and Nate Piacos. I think those are also their editors. Um, but yeah, there's, there is quite a bit of talk in the first um, forward about, um, you know, kind of how Gerard Way took the comic world by storm by being this like, you know, pop punk star who wrote like a really good comic book. <laughs> yeah. Story-wise phenomenal. So what the story is, it's it's um it's superheroes, but again, it's like not real superheroes. So mysteriously, uh women gave across the world gave birth at the exact same time on the exact same day, many of which, many of whom were not pregnant leading up to the birth. So just like women across the world randomly gave birth. Um, some children survived, some didn't, uh, some got adopted somewhere, some other places. And then um, Sir Reginald Hargraves, I don't know if he's technically a sir, but this man went and bought seven of the children. He went around the world collecting as many as he could and then raised them to like protect the world um in the comic so there i will give a few spoilers um so i just want to like preface that all of these things are learned like pretty early in the comic and then in the show it kind of like depends on the timeline of how um things are discovered but i'll do like a quick comic kind of overview and then i'll kind of compare it to what we see in Netflix. Um, so it's revealed very early in the comic. Um, Reginald is an alien of some kind. We don't know where he's from. We don't really know like what his goal is, but these children are supposed to like save the world. Um, and it the comic flashes like back and forth between them as children and then them as adults. Um, and kind of like as the adults, you can see like the aftermath of like what their childhood did to them. Um, one of the seven is like a drug addict, um, an alcoholic. Another one has like a half, I think chimp, half human body in the comic. It's actually just like a chimp body with a human head on top. It's like kind of comically illustrated but um he's just like living in space by himself um there's a one of the children has grown up and now he's kind of like a vigilante type character he's lost his eye um and then there's a woman who um is actually going through a divorce because her like power um is to influence people and her husband realized that like she kind of influenced him and there's question of whether or not she did the same thing to her daughter um and then there's one who is dead there's one lost like they have not seen him since they were like children and then there's one who does not appear to have a power and that's how you start 
um, the kind of catalyst for them all getting back together is their like not father dying. Um, and they all come back for the funeral. Um, it's not a pleasant gathering. Um, number five, who is the one that has disappeared is back in the same body he left in. So he is still in the body of like an 11 year old and everybody is like in their thirties. Um, and it, the story, <clears throat> I really like this story because it's not, it doesn't answer all of the questions. It, there's a lot of stuff kind of left up for interpretation and there's, it's kind of jumps around and it, um, it doesn't feel the need to like explain everything to you. So like there's this league of villains and we're like, what's the deal with the villains? We don't know. We don't get to know. And like, that's fine. Um, we don't really know in this issue, like what's going on with number five. Like there's a lot of mystery behind his character. Um, and then you find out that the world ends and number five is back to try to end it or try to save the world. And um, it turns out that number seven, who has been deemed as like, doesn't have a power, um, has been treated really poorly over time, actually does have a really, really dangerous power. And she is what is able to destroy the world. Um, so it turns into them trying to like, end, <laughs> keep her from destroying everything. So that's the first volume um it's six chapters um the art style it, it is so this this issue is called the apocalypse suite yeah yeah i really like that yeah it's really good i mean i i gave some i gave some like clear spoilers but nothing that's like too crazy um there's still like a lot to be surprised by in this volume um, I really like the art because it's not like classic superhero. Um, there's definitely some like kind of weird proportions and like them as children, a lot of times they're just illustrated as like little shapes rather than like a fully formed body. Um, you get to see pretty much all levels of their power. Um, um no you don't necessarily like they have like pretty great control of their powers as children like they've just been like day in and day out doing work um but you can see like there's no you don't leave volume one being like what is space boy's power wait what can vanya do wait uh, what, what does the rumor do? Like, you know what everybody can do. Um, yeah, there's some really, some really interesting powers. So like space boy, we call him space boy. Cause he got like sent into space. Um, he's like super strong. Um, they're numbered based off of what their father thought would be most useful. So like number one is super strong. Number two is, is Diego. He, um, has like He's like really good at fighting and i think he has like perfect accuracy when he like throws stuff so um he is kind of like a he gives off like batman vibes in the sense of that like he can get beat up but he's like he's got all the gadgets and is just like really good at fighting um 
yeah Diego's the one with one eye gone um and of course I'm not like really good at remembering like all of the numbers um but I know Vanya is number seven she's the one that they thought like didn't have a power um number five's power is that um he can like it's kind of strange like what his is but it's kind of like teleportation but he can also like teleport through like time so I think his thing is like he's super fast um and that allows him to um like potentially time travel so that's why that's where that comes from um number three is the rumor and so what her thing is like she can say like I heard a rumor and then anything she says afterward like comes to pass um and like she can actually she actually was able to like in one in one comic she was able to like clone herself by being like I heard a rumor that I'm out on patrol and so like there was a copy of her out on patrol with her siblings and then she was like fucking some dude like <laughs> super crazy um number four is Klaus he can speak with the dead and also has like telekinesis powers in the comic book in the uh and he can also channel um the dead a dead person in the show he doesn't have the telekinesis part one kind of cool thing in the comic with him is like his powers only work if he's barefoot <laughs> so to like stop him you just put shoes on him which i think is really funny um How would you cover their feet? How are you going to cover their feet? Well, because he's a drug addict, if you get him on the drugs, uh, you can cover his feet while he's passed out. Um, interesting thing for Klaus is I'm not sure how many times he's died, but God doesn't want him. So he keeps getting like spit back out. Yeah, so, and then um, number six is Ben. He has this like tentacle thing. He's the one that at the very beginning of the comic is dead. Um, and then seven again is Vanya. Um, where, so that's the characters. Um, the second volume is called Dallas. It follows the story of like kind of number five's history and like his job in the assassination of JFK. Um, very interesting. You'll need to speak louder. Um, I said, yeah, that's right. That's right. I remember that he, I don't think I've read, I think I've only read the first compendium, but not the other two, but I remember looking into them and I remember going back in time. Does Dallas have the scene in the diner or does- No. Apocalypse Suite is the diner scene. So I've only read the first compendium. Okay, so yeah. I know nothing about Dallas, but know that number five uh, travels or can time travel. Yeah. Um, that's cool. Holy shit. Yeah, so the entire team ends up in, um, you know, that time period and ends up having some involvement in the death of JFK. Um, 
And then the third volume is called Hotel Oblivion. Um, there is a like secret planet hotel thing where Hargreaves was sending all of like the bad guys that the Umbrella Academy defeated. And so they they like were staying in this kind of, I think they describe it. I don't remember if they describe it in the afterward or the forward, but it's kind of like a shining type hotel experience where like internal punishment kind of vibes like Hargreaves was like you got defeated by my children and also you can never leave yeah it's like hotel california meets the shining it's like you can like you check in and you never leave and you're trapped in there with like a bunch of other criminals there is they mention the TV. I don't really know what exactly the TV does, but it's not good. Um, My guess would be brainwashing flashlights. Uh, Jordan Peele get out vibes. Yeah. So it's that one. Yeah, that one is especially weird. There's like weird space travel. There's um, like not full back history on like some of the villains. Um, so that one is particularly confusing, which I think is why it is not, it does not appear to be included in the Netflix series. Seasons one and two cover the Apocalypse Suite and Dallas. And it looks like um, season three will cover something that I think is to come in the comics, which is the Sparrows. So, um, at the end of Hotel Oblivion, you are introduced to new characters with superpowers that refer to themselves, that have a little sparrow crest. And um, I'm pretty sure they refer to themselves as the sparrows. And it, it ends with Umbrella Academy number one meeting Sparrow Academy number one. So that's how hotel oblivion ends is space boy meeting this other character that we don't know and that's kind of how dallas ends like dallas well what i mean dallas in terms of the netflix series like season two kind of ends with like the umbrella academy like traveling back to their time and they arrive and the academy is not the umbrella academy is the sparrow academy and there are different people one through seven yeah so i don't i don't know i don't think that there's anything else new from the comics that i'm i'm missing i don't think that they've started releasing the next storyline yet um but um i'm pretty confident that gerard way is like largely invested in how it's being adapted to netflix so yeah so it's not it's yeah so technically um he is not like when you just look at the the wikipedia for like the show he is not like a creator for the show but it's like based on his comic book i wouldn't be surprised if he um wrote chunks of it largely because there's backstory and character changes that 
make the show easier to digest than the comic so like the masses who like aren't super into like comic book kind of abstractness can digest it better but I have a I don't know I guess like anybody can adapt can adapt a story and it be good but it just like gives me this feeling that like he had other ideas for the characters and they like are using his ideas um I should have looked into this more of whether how involved he is in the show but I mean he promotes it like on his um like Instagram and with different things so I think it's like signed sealed delivered approved by Gerard Way who created the the series um Kate Walsh is in it. She plays this super cool character. Oh my god, she and she's a villain. Oh my god, she's a villain and she's so good. For reference, Kate Walsh. Pl- yeah, I was like, for anyone who does not immediately know exactly who we're talking about, um, Kate Walsh was in Dark Crystal. Yeah, she's the main villain. Yeah, she's like the Oh my god. Addison Montgomery Shepherd. Yeah. Thank you for the name drop. Um she's great and I'm so happy to hear her. And it's so funny that uh the, like you and I are excited that she's in it because of Grays, which people on this if you listen to the podcast at all, you nine listeners, you know that we like Grace Anatomy. So it's just yeah. also get it to talk about her again. Yeah, and honestly, she's like she and Elliot Page um and then actually the the man who plays um klaus those three character those three actors are the only ones robert sheehan plays klaus um those three um actors and actresses are the only ones that i recognize from before the series and like it is a power cast like it is so good the i don't remember how he was i watched misfits and then he was also in this other series um not mortal instruments no if you start reading things off i will not know half of them it's just like one really random one that i saw he's in this one season um that i for sure cannot remember the name it was foreign um and it is not showing up on his fortitude. It was on fortitude. Um, so I know him from misfits and fortitude. I was super into misfits when it came out. Um, which I feel like isn't his character in misfits. Isn't like totally different from his character in the umbrella Academy. It's like kind of similar. He kind of always plays like a quirky weirdo. Yeah. Yeah. I would say irreverence is a really good description of the characters that he plays. Um, I love his stuff. So he is great as Klaus. Um, it's really interesting because his character, I would say his powers are like slightly more limited, um, in the Netflix series. So he doesn't have the same like telekinesis thing. Um, and he's kind and the, the voices are just coming at him all the time. And that's kind of what drives him to drink is like, if he's like 
on drugs or drinking, he can't hear them as well. Um, so it's easier to ignore them. Um, but his, his stories are like pretty crazy. He was also super close with the team member who died. We, in both the TV show and the comic book, we don't really know how Ben died, but we know that it was like, while they were doing a mission as, as like young adults. And I think that's what shut down the umbrella, umbrella Academy was his death. Um, I'm really excited to see what they do with Elliot Page's character. Um, Yeah. And I'm so excited. Like Netflix tweeted, welcome to the family, Victor Hargreaves. So, yeah. Yeah. Love yeah. So Elliot Page originally played the character Vanya, who is the um, kind of like secret antagonist of season one. You don't realize that you find out pretty late that they are the one that they're going to have to fight in the end. Um, and the character, I mean, in the comic and in the show is um, female. So it's really amazing that they were able to figure out a way to transition Elliot Page's character since he has transitioned. I love seeing that. Um, this They also have um, historically done a good job. I don't want to say do, done a good job is like the bleh, rewind. Kate Walsh's character is technically male in the comic and then they pitched it to her and were like hey do you want to be this character we know it's a man and she was like this can be a woman it doesn't matter like this could be anybody um and so there are a couple of characters where it's kind of ambiguous what they were in the comic or like they were male in the comic and they're played by a woman so like they are not just copy and pasting the comic characters into um, the list of show characters. Like they're, they were like, you know what? This character can be male or female. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter who plays. Like this can be male or female, which I think is super cool because if we have more like gender fluid or like gender neutral characters, it really opens it up for viewers to see themselves represented in mainstream media but it also you know opens up things for actors to have more opportunities so um i really love that the series like both seasons were a bop like super good i like there was no sophomore slump um i really hope that the third season is good i don't know i, I get really nervous when like new characters are introduced because it like adjusts not new characters but like so many new characters are being introduced and so they're gonna have to do backstories yeah. to kind of make it make sense um are there only three volumes there are only three volumes um i think there's going to be more um i am looking that up right now yeah, but, um, okay, so they're considering Hotel Oblivion being season four, but they're wrong. <laughs> um, 
in July 2020, it was released that there would be a volume four of the Umbrella Academy titled um, The Sparrow Academy. Um, so there is a season four, or there is a volume four coming. So I think that this volume, it hasn't been released in print, and it will be the main plot line of season three for the show. So um, I would, I'm assuming that Gerard Way just like wrote this season of the show <laughs> since it's not, there's no like paper to reference. They're going to actually have to use his brain for it, but yeah, there will be a, there will be a fourth volume of the Sparrow Academy. That's the main focus for season three of the show. Um, I think it's going to be really interesting. Um, they kind of like breadcrumbed their way from a, hotel oblivion to the sparrow academy so um it's going to i think it's going to slide really nicely into our understanding of time trial travel in the series um character dynamics like all of those things i think it's going to be really um cool and interesting Oh, so a breadcrumb. Um, think like, who is it that breadcrumbs? Hansel and Gretel breadcrumb? Like leave, leave like little bits of information of like what's to come or what you're gonna learn about throughout the story. So like in this case, um, Vanya is um, wheelchair bound because of the end of the apocalypse suite and their little robot mother is being like really cagey and just like introduces her to this masked woman who heals her and then she goes to another site later on and is seeing this like huge facility and she's like what is that and then a little while later number one appears and he's wearing the same mask and the same kind of costume that the woman who met Vanya was wearing and alludes to um, there being another group influenced by hard grease. Um, so that's what I mean by breadcrumbing is like, you just get like little bits at a time and then all of a sudden it all comes together and you go, oh, that thing from like five episodes ago or six pages ago, like, that's what relates to this now. So um, yeah, like leaving little hints. Um, Yeah, yeah, I guess that's the thing is I this the TLDR is breadcrumbing is foreshadowing. I just think it's better foreshadowing. So those are my two cents. Um better because you're doing a little bit all the way throughout, or for you it's breadcrumbing like they're foreshadowing multiple things. I like it when they pick one thing. And just like give you little bits of it throughout. 
um, where it's not like super crazy intense, but um, yeah, it's just like not in your face. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they're living little they're living little beats, little bits. Um yeah, so I think it's a really well done comic. So those are my two cents on the Umbrella Academy. Well then maybe we can Netflix teleparty and watch the season of Umbrella Academy coming out here. Yeah, June twenty second, y'all. Okay, that's it. That's all she wrote. We're done for today. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook. We are at HRF Time. You can also find us on patreon.com slash HRF Time. We're going to be introducing some new tiers with video content, which if that's what you're into, that's where it'll be. Um, But it was great having you guys hang out with us today. Uh, And as always, it's at HRF Time, and we will catch you again sometime soon.